devil in the deep sense. to Devil in the Details, open Red Devils independent fan podcast with me, Rob Paxton. Join the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul White. Sound right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you all right, mate? Have a good week, mate? Yes, all right, mate, yeah. Um, just glad to get that result on Friday. and um, Yeah, busy week this week for us, isn't it? And hopefully we can get a result at Warrington on Thursday. Yeah, also joins on the show this week, we've got Cy Inder, right, Cy? How you doing, Rob, you all right? You have a good week? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Like I say, uh, just getting over playing my first game of league for the... For well over twelve months, so yeah, still a bit, still a bit sore in, in certain places. I never thought I could be sore in, to be honest. <laughs> Did you boss it, Si? Were you the main man? Well, I wouldn't have gone that far, mate. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, what have we got on the show this week, Paul? We've got the review of the Castleford game. We've got a preview of this week's game against Warrington. We've got the news and all the reactions to uh, the points appeal, and we've also got the amateur report. Cool. So, what we'll do? We'll start with the big news uh, of the points. So the big news is there is no news um, at the moment. There's nothing uh, being announced um, by either Kukash or the RFL. So we're still waiting uh, to see what the the outcome is. Um, I'm sure as soon as the decision's made, uh, we'll be uh, talking about it uh, on your on a pop up podcast probably in the next couple of days. So uh, now what we'll do, we'll talk about the uh, Castleford win. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, big win for Sulphur Red Devils on Friday against Castle Tigers. 22 points to 18, Paul. A big win and we needed it uh, to keep our top eight hopes alive. Yeah, we certainly did. I think if we'd have, we'd have lost on um, on Friday night, we could have kissed goodbye to the to the top eight. But, you know, that, that win's really kept us in contention with, with Castleford being one of the teams that we'll hopefully, hopefully replace in that, that top eight. It was like a sort of a... Four-pointer, really, wasn't it, as, as they say sometimes. And I'm um, just glad we got the result because we had to show a lot of grit and determination to, to win that game. And, you know, they know Muggs Castleford and, you know, it wasn't our best performance of the season, but yet we come away with the win. I think that's the most pleasing thing from my point of view. Yeah, Salford started with Gaz O'Brien at fullback, Mason Caton brown Greg Johnson, Josh Griffin, Junior Tau, Rob Louie, Michael Dobson, Weller Rackett, Josh Jones, Mark Flanagan, Craig Kopchak, Logan Tompkins and Ben Murdoch. Masala on the bench with Salford with Jordan Warren, Sean Kenny... Adam Warren and George Griffin. Si, Sean Kenny debut for Salford looked impressive. He did, mate. Yeah, I was really, really impressed with his uh, his defensive effort. Um, he looked, obviously, when he came on, he did look a bit smaller than the rest of the players. But obviously, he's uh, he stepped up there and and his tackling was second to none. I think he made something like twenty tackles in in the appearance that he had on there. And every single one of them was round the legs. He seemed to be taking you know the big guys down and stuff like that, which was really, really impressive. Um, even his choice of passing was was you know relatively good. There was nothing that was wayward, and it just seemed like he he slotted in pretty nicely. Yeah, and also Paul, a different kind of choice of wingers. Mason Caton Brown on one wing, Greg Johnson on the other. Uh, not our sort of our usual setup, but both played really really well. I thought. I thought they did. Yeah, both of them slotted in really well. But especially big raps to Mason Caton Brown. I mean, he's only played once this season. He got a bit of a knock, didn't he, at um, Huddersfield and. That put him out for a while, so he's come back from quite a, a long injury layoff. But we knew he had that sort of quality, didn't we? When we seen him at London and he made his debut at Huddersfield, he showed he had a lot of pace there. Obviously, that was a few years ago, but he's not had like a really decent run in the side. And I thought he looked a totally different player on Friday night. He, he looked big, he looked bigger, 
Um, whereas in the past he's, he's always looked, looked small and he's got knocked off the ball and he's looked a bit vulnerable in defence whereas he didn't on Friday he looked very solid very assured and uh, he took his try really well and he looked dangerous as well when he had the ball so you know I think he's he's going to take a bit of replacing now you've got Vido and Carney there to come back but um, you know Mason's really you know laid his hat down there for, for a first team place Yeah and obviously back to the game uh, Castleford opened the scoring uh, with a try from Jake Webster side you know he was a danger all, all night for us and uh, you know, that good try that early on, uh, you know, put the wind up us a bit. It did, yeah. This is, Jake Webster seems to be one of them players. He seems to raise his game every time he plays against us. Um, and I don't know whether it's obviously because he's, he's playing against someone like Junior Sauer, so he obviously knows from, you know, back in the NRL and stuff like that or, or whatnot. But, yeah, he seems to be very dangerous on the, on Friday. And we didn't seem to contend with, like, their... They were overloading one side at one point. Um, and just saying there, what, to what Paul said about Mason Kate Brown, Mason Kate Brown really stood up to that. Where in the past his defence has maybe not been as, as strong as, as others. He was really, really good at, uh, on Friday. But yeah, that first try, they just seemed to cut us open a bit, a bit too easy. We seemed to be still kind of in the dressing rooms and whatnot. But um, obviously that kind of woke us up, I think. Yeah, uh, Salford hit back for a try from Gaz O'Brien, Paul. A uh, little show and go, goes through the gap. He shows he's got great talent, you know, coming up, coming late in the line. And, and you know, the try proves it. Yeah, I thought he linked up really well there with Robert Louis and uh, Michael Dobson created that try. It was a really good, good score. That and how many times has he done that this season? Gareth O'Brien, he's he's a real attacking threat and um, he's a good weapon to have as well. And he's, an, he's another go-to guy on the on the pitch and with his goal kicking as well. He's uh, he's a very valuable player, Gareth. But that was a good try that getting us back in the in the game there and putting us in front. Yeah, and then uh, a good try from Michael Dobson. Little, little, lovely little kick through side by Robert Louis and Dobson had the legs to get over the line. You know, good link-up play between the two. Yeah, he did there. He's shown his bravery as well, actually, because it wasn't an easy take, um, ball to take that, really, as he was going over. And like I say, he seemed to, like, he must have followed up the line of the kick. He obviously he knows kicking himself, what, you know, the, which line it was going to go for. Rob Louis slid it through there and, and Dobson was, like I say, on hand to, to be brave and, and score the try, which I thought at the time, I thought that was us rocking and rolling. And I thought we were going to really kick on from there. Yeah, and then Castleford hit back uh, through a try from uh, Jake Webster. Great try. Yeah, Webster Don, again, yeah. By uh, Luke Don, flicking the ball to him, Paul. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, Castleford, classy cast, he's saying they showed that in patches on Friday. Yeah, high-speed cast, yeah. Um, Luke, Luke Don, yeah. I mean, he's a quality player, Luke Don, isn't he? I mean, I remember him being at Salford, you know, about... 2007, something like that, the season with us, didn't he, in between playing for London and Cass, and he never sort of slotted in at Salford, really. I think we played him, at, tried to play him at half-back, and I think his best position is at the full-back role, where he's got that freedom to, to move about, and, you know, a similar sort of player to Gareth O'Brien, the way he links in with the line, and, you know, he, he's a very good player, and I think he's retiring at the end of this season, and, you know, they'll definitely miss uh, uh, Luke Dawn, because he always seems to play well against us as well, he's a bit like um, like the man Webster, he's another one, isn't he? Like uh, Sai was saying before, you know, Luke Darns always seems to perform against Solvin, always seems to come up with a score as well. So uh, I wasn't fearing the worst there when uh, when Darn went over, but, you know, they did cut us up quite easily, I thought. Yeah, a full side, you know, Luke Darn, ex-red, uh, never really got a, you know, really sort of an opportunity at Solford. He was a lot of, uh, after Dun- Dunham had left, he was the kind of fall guy for our relegation season, we really. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it was just like obviously, you know, big things were always like kind of um, you know put on the shoulders of people who were coming into the club, you know, from year to year, different different signings. I thought the try that he you know he set up for for Webster on Friday was probably one of the best passes I've seen in in the last five years because it was amazing the way he cut the line, 
completely had his back to where Jake Webster was running and he just flicked his arm back out and, and put the reverse pass on. And to be quite honest, I think it bamboozled everybody on that pitch. It was a, it was, it was a great try. Um, but like you say there, you know, going back to obviously, like you're saying about, you know, the, the pressure that goes onto people's shoulders as they come into clubs, going back to Gaz O'Brien, I think he's probably been our most effective signing this year. Um, I wouldn't say he's, he's the best signing because we've we got people like Kopchak who, who are playing for us at the minute, but I think Gaz O'Brien being that third pivot, just like Luke Don can do for, for Castleford, is really effective when we're attacking different teams. So it's it's just one of the things to look at. And Luke Don does exactly the same for Castleford. Yeah, I think O'Brien has been one of our star signings of the season, Paul. And like Sai said, you know, by being that extra pivot in the line, it puts doubt in the defenders' heads and it, it shows with his try. Yeah, it certainly does, isn't it? Yeah, it gives other teams something to think about, doesn't it? And gives you that attacking threat as well. I mean, he's no, no, he's been a, an up the middle team, is it? I mean, we've not got the pack of forwards to do that. We need, we look a good side to me when we move the ball out wide. If we try and mix up the middle with teams, we get we get burnt like we did at all this season. I think if we can shift the ball, we cause team prob- problems. And you know, with Gareth O'Brien there, we've we've got a, a really good player, and he's a very good goal kicker, Gareth O'Brien as well. I've been really impressed with his, with his goal kicking this season. I didn't think he was that good of a goal kicker. I wasn't too sure, but you know, he's, he's proved that this season he's, he's not really let us down and uh, I know Michael Dobson sometimes kicks from the other side but and Josh Griffin as well but the way way Gareth's kicked uh, for the last month or two I'd have given him the responsibility full time because I think he's more than a, a decent kicker yeah so we got to half time side uh, 12 10 down still in the contest um but you know I suppose half time you want to be leading but we were right close uh, to him at 10 12 down and you know as the second half proved uh, you know we ended up with a good result yeah, like I say, I think it was good. It was a good thing that we was close to him and by not playing well. I think it's probably the first time this year we've not played particularly well. Uh, well, I, I thought Castleford were the better side up to half time, uh, but then we were still in the game. So it, it, it's it's starting to. It seems like the fortunes are turning a bit. Even though we're not playing well, we seem to be keeping close to teams and giving ourselves a chance. Obviously, to going into the last third of the game to possibly, you know, tippling the score over and and getting us on the winning side. So that's that's a a bit of a positive that seems to be coming out of this year uh, at least anyway yeah so uh, Castleford extended the lead after our time another try from Luke Dawn uh, cutting through a massive hole in the in the Salford defence Paul 18-10 at that point you know what were you thinking you think we were we were you know up creek with that paddle yeah because there was an incident not long after that where Cass attacked us and I think if they'd have scored again and got it to 24 and I think it would have been uh, too much of a hill for us to climb but we didn't we, we dug in there and and defended really well, and I thought that was that was the, the turning point in the game that there, and uh, obviously we scored through Mason, Kate, and Brown. And then just after that, there was an injury to Jake Webster, and that that sort of turned the game in our favour. I think they lost Mike McKeekin as well to an ankle injury. Cast they lost a couple. I'm not making excuses for them, but they did lose a few players to injury, and that sort of unsettled them a bit. That, and I think we we took advantage of that. Yeah, Salford uh, got back within strike condition with a try from Mason, Kate and Brown's side. Lovely hands, puts him over in the corner and uh, we were in the full flow then. Yeah, it was. And like we said earlier, or, or, no, Paul said earlier on, he took, took his try pretty well. Um, he's, he's always had that kind of thing in his locker, but he never seems to be doing it consistently. So um, he took it well. Um, we obviously got our backs up with that then and we, we, it gave us and the crowd, obviously, something to shout about. And, and like I say, it brought us close. So going into that last third of the game, Kept us in touching distance of um, you know giving us giving ourselves a chance really you know backing ourselves so yeah it was a, it was a good try it was a, you know it was a good time to score as well and um, the one thing I I did notice about Friday with Mason Kate and Brown that we're we'll talking about in a minute the the work rate that him 
Craig Johnson and Josh Griffin did, considering they just come back from injuries, was was really really you know a big effort. Um, you've seen Greg Johnson and Mason Kane Brown taking in the first two or three drives on on a set like you know Vito and Carney does for us, and they, they were actually you know making meters, which was really really good. So it was a good time to score, and like I say, Mason Kane Brown. Hopefully, if he keeps his uh, confidence up, we uh, we've got a real good window on our hands there. Yeah, and then obviously Salford got a penalty uh, towards the end of the game. We were banging front of the post, Paul. Uh, do you think it was the right decision? Obviously, looking back, because we won the game, it, it was the right decision. But at the time, do you think it was the you know the correct decision to go for two? Definitely. Go for De- Definitely. I mean, Ian Watson said it in the press conference, didn't he, about game management. You know, perhaps a few weeks ago, we we took a tap there and made an ash of it, wouldn't we, and probably gone on to lose the game. But steady I think we were steady there and that, that kick sort of it took a lot out of Castleford that I thought because they, they were going you can see when a team's going can't you and I, I thought they were Castleford there we were we were starting to get on top they lost a few players to injury and that was 10 minutes to go there really good kick from O'Brien it sort of swung the game in our favour then and uh, yeah I think I think it was definitely the right decision I think there's been a few times this season where we, we could have done that and kicked for goal and we haven't done, but I think they made the right right choice there, definitely. Yeah, we talk about game management, Si, and, you know, moments like that where they decide to kick the, the goal to tie the score shows that, you know, the, the kind of learning out there that, you know, to win games, sometimes you've got to take two. Yeah, well, if you look at my Twitter feed throughout the season and, and the games that we play, I'm constantly going on about game management. Yeah. Uh, I'm, it's something that I just I bark on about all the time. And I'm just glad that it's coming to that to fruition now that Ian Watson's actually seen it and gone, our game management needs to improve. And then over the past so, so many weeks, it seems to be, like you said there, they seem to be learning or obviously working on it in training. So that with that coming along, obviously, as, as a positive for, for kind of our game this year, and I hope it continues because, like Paul just said there, taking the two points sometimes when you can see it, you know teams like being deflated, it really, really gets on top because they know for a the fact they've got to go out there and get another score. So I think it was a good choice as well. Yeah, and then eight, uh, obviously 18, all that point, both sides going for it, but Salford get the penalty, and Gaz O'Brien, Paul, kicks it from, what was it, 35, 40 yards out, kind of at an angle, you know, lands it, and that's and that's what he's there to do. He kicks goals, and he shows he's a good kicker after that. Yeah, definitely. I thought Castleford, sort of in the second half, he showed quite a bit of indiscipline, didn't he? There was a lot of penalties for, I'm not saying he was head hunting, but there was quite a few high shots there, and I know Michael Dobson, I think he had to go off with... with with concussion to get checked out, didn't he? He took a real, real high shot there around the head, and I know the cast man got put on report, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes on. We know we're kind of getting a two-game ban the other week. It'll be interesting to see what the the cast lad gets, but yeah, it was it was a good kick from um, from Gareth O'Brien there. And I mean, I sometimes think that you know, just going back to what Tassai says about game management. I know I've always been one for that. You know, you turn the screw when when you've got them two points, and sometimes it can be a gift that two points, and you see teams run it, don't you, and go for a tap and that. But I always remember. Um, when Kevin Tammett, he was the coach, I'm going back quite a while now, but he used to stand on that roof at the Willows and I think even when you were winning by about 20 points, he'd always make him take the two and that's something they always seem to do and, you know, I think it's a gift sometimes and, you know, you've got you've got to take the points when you've got a team on the ropes. Yeah, I suppose when, when you're on the ropes side and you get the option uh, to either go for goal or run, run the penalty, uh, you have to kind of score to, to, to actually get the mentality, the positive mentally attitude out of it rather than if you cough the ball up the whole crowd just deflates, don't they? And then, you know, that's an opportunity for the opposition to, to take advantage, isn't it, really? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, I mean, what you've got to look at is, usually when you've got a good kick-out, <clears throat> like like Gaz, if you've got a, like a, a penalty there that you know for the fact he's going to slot the two points, if you run it, you might not ever get the chance to score because, like you say, you could knock on, you can make a mistake, you can get an interception that goes all in for the field. 
and then it's completely turned on you. Not only then is it working against you, and you you start to doubt yourself then when you start to run the ball and tapping the ball from you know close distances and stuff like that. So if you if you're taking the two points and you're keeping that that scoreboard ticking over in your favour, like I say, it, mentally and to the other side, it, it's, it's a psychology game as well, um, rugby. You've got to be able to put the opposition off. And one of the things that we did, what we seemed to do pretty early last week, was realise that the threat that Luke Gale was running the show in the first 10, 15 minutes. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you've seen our defensive tactics change, whereas Luke Gale was getting you know, pressurised pretty quickly. And then they were panicking a bit. The amount of times they threw the ball back last week and they ended up dropping and then trying to drop back on it. And it was either a knock-on or you know, the lost yards. And it's just a mentality game. If you can put that doubt in somebody else's mind, in the other team's mind, and then, like I say, taking the two, they're thinking, we've got to go up the other end now and we've either got to go and match that or we've got to run through a defence that seems to have tightened up pretty well. So I think it's a belting decision to always take the two, you know, in regards to where you are on the pitch, obviously. But um, I'm just glad, like you said, like Paul said before, I'm just glad they're finally learning the lesson in turning the screw when need be. Yeah, I've talked about psychology. Uh, for me, Webster was 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 Castleford's main danger man, uh, and they took Junior so off, didn't they, for, for a little while, and switched uh, Jones to that side. And, he, and Jones did a good number on him, Paul, um, and you know, I forced him off at the end. You went off injured, but moments like that, you know, I suppose it's you know tactically, you know, Ian Watson comes up with the goods and, and swings the game really. Yeah, he certainly did. Yeah, I mean, um, Josh Jones, he puts himself about, doesn't he? He's a he's a big lad, isn't he, as well. He, Playing the pack, can't he? But I think sometimes when you've got him there in that centre spot, yeah, I think I think he did. He he did. He got injured. He did his ankle. And I think um, Jake Webster and I think another big blow for um, Casper obviously didn't have that Solomon playing, did they? But they also lost um, Joe Manoran, didn't they? Early on, after about five minutes, I think he went off as well. I think he did his shoulder in. So, I mean, like I said before, I'm not making excuses for Cass, but they lost a few players injury injury wise there. But I think Jake Webster going off as well. I think that was a bit of a body blow for them, wasn't it? Because he's a bit of a go-to player for them out wide. And uh, I, I, like I said before, I saw them. You could tell with them they, they were they, were, they weren't going to score another try. And just going back to them penalty goals, I think they were the right decisions there. And uh, we showed a lot of um, a lot of nous there in that game on Friday night. I thought, yeah, now stealing grit, Paul. That's what I think we, we came through the uh, the game. Um, then let the death um, O'Brien kicks the penalty and, and we get the two points Si yeah it was, it, like I say it was a massive win for us for, for you know obviously a run of defeats and, and what not and you know not coming out of a great uh, period and, and the results and what not but, um, but getting the two points you could see a lot of people a lot you know a lot of the fans looking at each other saying you know it, it's still on there um, so the, the guys are doing what they can on the pitch um, it's just um, it, it it's what we like to see that, you know, they've not been deflated too much of obviously uh, off the field antics this year. Yeah, looking at the, the stats, uh, Paul, uh, tacklers, Sean Kenny made 20 tackles when he came, Adam Warren with 28, uh, Flanagan with 30, Ben Murdoch Salat with 30, Josh Jones with 23, George Griffin with 49, um, Tompkins with 35, Cropchap with 33. You know, the forwards put a lot of effort in and uh, got what they <clears throat> No, they certainly did. I mean, 49 tackles from George Griffin. That's one. That's one heck of a shift that from from George Griffin. And I thought he was outstanding on on Friday night. And yeah, Cop Jack as well. 
the forwards worked really hard, didn't they? I mean, I've watched it twice. I watched it today on my day off, and I watched it on uh, on Saturday as well. The, the game. I always like to watch it a couple of times when we win. And um, yeah, you, you could see the effort that they put in there. I don't think, like I said before, it wasn't like a shiny St. Helens performance, was it? But sometimes it's not all about that. You know, it's a long season in it, and those those sort of games. There's been a few games like that this season where we we've lost a game like that. So uh, so I was glad we we just hung in there, and I think that win's going to do a bit for our confidence. That I mean. We'll go on to the Warrington game in a bit, won't we? That's obviously going to be a tough game, but getting that win, I think that that's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, good psychologically. That. Yeah, and then also on the meter makers, uh, Mason Caton Brown made 136 side, Josh Jones 114, George Griffin with 96, Copjack with a, a massive 111. You know, we made big meters and Copjack leading the line there with 111 up front, the front row. You know, we're making big, big meters. Yeah, the, the, the pair of them, uh, George Griffin and Copchat this year, seem to be evergreen for us. Uh, I remember at the start of the season when George Griffin had just been moved into to prop and there was a hell of a lot of fans that questioning it and I was I was, I was backing George Griffin. Um, he's ended up being probably one of my favourites this year, George Griffin, because his attitude um, and, and the way he kind of, you know, um, the application he puts on the pitch. Uh, like you say there, the amount of tackles he made last week was an absolute shift and a half. Uh, and they're not just like tackles where he's just making sure that you know he's he's just making the tackle. He's going in with some brute force and he's actually putting you know he's knocking big forwards back now. Um, I think he was on one of the biggest hits on there uh, on Sky this week from um, McDermott. You know he, he he can see that the the work that he's putting in off the field is obviously paying off big time. But Copchat there again, like you say, you know he's. He's evergreen. He's absolutely brilliant. He, he's starting to, you know, he's turning around to fans and he's getting them to get the, you know, the crowd up and stuff like that. It's, it's what you want to see from your forwards because at the end of the day, if you haven't got them lads in there making the mad meters, it's, it's, it's going to be very hard to even get anywhere near the op- the opponents, um, you know, whitewash. So the pair of them have been absolutely brilliant this year. Yeah, Ben Murdoch also a big meter maker, ninety nine with an average game of seven point six. Uh, Paul. You know, the forwards made some big metres in that Castleford pack and, uh, you know, they were rewarded with a good win as well. Yeah, it certainly was. And just going back to um, to Craig Copjet there, Si was saying, I know we've had Tommy Lee as the captain this season, haven't we? But, you know, if Tommy's not going to be there next season, I think you've found your man there to take over the captaincy because the way he leads the team, Craig Copjet, every week, I mean, Si was saying there, Evergreen, he is. He, it's the same with him every week and you get the same performance off him every week. Puts the effort in. But, just going back to Griffin as well, I mean, I panicked a bit. Not panicked, but, you know, when we got beat all first game of the season, I thought, blimey, are we going to be big enough? Are we going to be able to compete? And, you know, sometimes you've just got to give the players a bit of time. And, you know, someone like George Griffin, you look at him now, I mean, what's he going to be like in three or four years' time? You know, you could be looking at, you know, maybe an England prop forward there with him. Because the way he's coming on, the way he's progressing, you know, the sky's the limit with him. Because the kid puts the effort in and it's there for all to see, it? and if he keeps progressing that the way he is doing, I think you've got a really exciting forward there on our hands. Who, who was your man of the match, Si? Um, I honestly thought coming out, coming away from the from the game the other night, it, it was a choice of two. I thought Caz O'Brien was excellent, and I also thought George Griffin was was excellent. Um, if I was gonna if I was gonna tip anyone, uh, I'd have gone towards George Griffin just sheerly because if you look at the you know his the where he's come from this year, you know, not being a prop forward to then putting him in the prop forward and putting him in the limelight uh, and then pretty much the performance he put in on Friday, I'd have probably gone George Griffin, but saying that though, you know, Gaz O'Brien was absolutely excellent and, and down to it really, he scored as a try and scored as, you know, a couple of kicks and some penalties, he's pretty much won as the game. 
Yeah, Paul, who's your man of the match uh, for Friday? Well, I had three wrote down. Uh, Gareth O'Brien, Mason Caton Brown and, and George Griffin. Mainly case Mason Caton Brown because he's come back from injury and, you know, to come back straight into the side and do what he did and the way he played and took his try. And then obviously Gareth O'Brien for his match winning. But I'm just going to stick with um, George Griffin because I like that from forwards. I like watching the graft and, you know, he really impressed me. I thought he'd run his, his blood to water on Friday. So I'm going to give it to George Griffin. Right. This is what Ian Watson had to say in the press conference after. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's been like that every week, hasn't it, for us? I mean, the, we've said it before with a group of guys that we've got in there. They're a great bunch of guys and they're very competitive. So they give us, we give ourselves a chance in every game, which is, is what we've, we've asked of them. Um, we just needed to learn to manage the game better and today we thought we've managed it really well. We've learned from what's happened in the last three weeks, especially like they say, they're taking the two points and things like that. We, we've learned from that as a team and um, we've executed it well today and we've come through the other side, which is a big one for us. Nice to see Mason Kane Brown back on the pitch and yeah. scoring as well. To be fair, he's brilliant. I thought he was really good, Mace. He came back at Huddersfield and was brilliant there and then obviously had the injury. He's come back today and looked really good. But to be fair, he's worked really hard. Out of everyone who's been out, he's absolutely, every day he was in here, he's, he's keen to get back in and he wants to do really well and he's took his opportunity really well today. Gareth O'Brien held his nerve well at the end of the long run, especially. Yeah, Gaz is a good character. He's quite... Um, a relaxed char- character as well, he, and he, he beats himself up sometimes about little errors that he does, but in situations where you need him, he is, generally comes up with a good sphere, like he does on the edge with the, uh, the pass for Macy's try. You were shuffling your pack right up until the last minute, really, weren't you? Yeah. These injuries started to take a toll now? Uh, yeah, little, little bits. Um, we, we've tr- well, we've been trying to get Benny Murdoch in the middle for a, for a while, to be fair. And then we keep telling him we're going to put, swap him after about 20 minutes into the middle to try and give us a bit more punch. Because um, it, I mean, it's no secret that we miss an, another big middle, to be fair. Um, and again, it, it didn't happen again for the first half today just because you end up making changes. And then second half, there's a lot more changes. And We got him in there for a short spell, but then he, he bust a rib. So we had to move him back out of the back row to make sure he wasn't in as many contacts then. Any more injuries after this? Oh, there's, a, there's a couple of knocks in there. Benny's obviously his ribs, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one as well. Um, there's a couple who've just got a, a few niggles who are just in with a physio at the moment, but I don't know the full extent of them at the moment. Are you guys talking about the eight here now? Yeah, yeah we, we, that's always been our aim to get there. We want to get in the top eights, and while it's still possible for us, we want to keep aiming, aiming there because we feel we should be in there on our rights anyway with the way the group's done. The group's been a, a real good group this year, and that was their aim at the beginning of the season was to get there um, hopefully we've just started off um, the week because it's obviously a big week with us because we know we've got the investigation coming up um, to see whether we get points back or not. So, Paul Liam, what's an happy with the result? Yeah, I think he was. The relief was there for all to see with, with um, Ian, I thought, on Friday night. And I'm very pleased for him because he's he's been disappointed in the last few weeks and, you know, he's a real Salford lad, isn't he? And, Wears his heart on his sleeve, and he never moans at the press conference. He's always in the same mood, and you know I love listening to him, him talk. And I was really chuffed for him on Friday night. And uh, like I said again, you could you could see it in his eyes. He was he was chuffed on Friday. Okay, so here are your three word match reports and man of the matches. Martin put good defense performance, and his man of the match was Griffin. Other three word match reports: Michelle Fitton said her man of the match was Gaz O'Brien. Uh, Nathan Smith O'Brien. Um, all over uh, Sarah Fitton her man of the match was Mason Caton Brown 
Um, Paul Foster hung in there. Uh, and his man of the match was Gaz O'Brien. Uh, Paul Carney never gave up. Um, his man of the match was Gaz O'Brien. Gary Williams never gave up. Uh, his man of the match was Mason Kate and Brown. And uh, Rachel's man of the match was good game management. And uh, her man of the match was Gaz O'Brien also. And the final one we've got for today is Mark Hogan. And his uh, three-word match report was huge two points. And his man of the match was Gaz O'Brien. Okay, so what we'll do now, we'll uh, have a look what our amateur sides did uh, this week in uh, Paul's amateur review. Well, there's only one place to start the academy roundup this week, and that's with the Salford Red Devils Academy Under-19s, who were in action against the City of Hull Academy on Thursday night, and they came up with a good victory, winning by 24 points to 18. Leading by 18 points to nil at half-time, there was a bit of a fight back in the second half from the Hull boys, but uh, the Salford uh, Red Devils Academy came up with a result, with two tries from Connor Williams, one for Lewis Fairhurst and one for Aaron Moore, and four goals from Lewis Fairhurst, giving the Salford Red Devils Academy a good victory. And their next fixture is away at St Helens on Friday night, the 8th of July, with a 5.30pm kickoff. Be a really tough fixture that for the young devils as St Helens are top of the table, played 14, won 14, so we wish them all the best this coming Friday, hopefully cause an upset. Moving on to the National Conference Premier Division, there was a, one result for a affecting our local sides in there and that was on Saturday 2nd of July where Rochdale Mayfield moved to 4th in the Premier Division with a good victory over bottom side Hull Dockers by 54 points to 4 in Division 3 there was 2 wins for our Oldham sides, Gateshead Storm 26, Oldham St Anne's a, tw sorry Oldham St Anne's 28 and Waterhead Warriors 46, Castleford Panthers nil. In Division 2, Stanley Rangers won their first game of the season beating Salford City Roosters, that was 16 points to 14 as Salford City Roosters saved their worst performance of the season for the trip to Wakefield to face bottom club Stanley Rangers and became the first side to lose to the Rangers this season. Stanley have had a poor team this year and there can be little doubt that they will be relegated to Division 3 but on this day they came up against a Roosters team who played what coach Paul Verdon described as dumb football. They created enough chances to win this game but took wrong options or made unforced errors time and again. To be fair to the Roosters though once again injuries forced them to make four changes from uh, the team that uh, went so close against third placed Bradford Dudley Hill with John Brooks Mark Gilligan Christian Higgins and Martin Judge all missing in his replacements came Paul Hallam Paul Morgan Liam Watson and Sean Watson everybody gave their all on the day but it just fell short of what was required although Mark Thomas was far and away the best player on the pitch the Salford City Roosters tries came from Tom Pratt Steve Barrett and Paul Morgan with one conversion coming from Bradley White so that's a bit of a worrying result for the, the Roosters who play Dewsbury Celtic this uh, coming weekend. Salford City Roosters one place above Dewsbury in the league now. Uh, two points above them and they could be dragged into a relegation scrap. So that really is a big relegation battle coming this weekend. So the fixtures for this weekend in the National Conference Leagues. In the Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield play Egremont Rangers. In Division 2, as we just said there, Salford City Roosters take on Dewsbury Celtic in what is a massive match. And in Division 3... Eastmore Dragons play Waterhead Warriors and Oldham St Anne's play Ryland Sharks. Well, moving on to the North West Men's League, there's quite a bit of action in league and cup this week, this past weekend. We start off with the North West Men's League Trophy quarterfinals. Leyland Warriors 36, Manchester Rangers 0. 
Pilkington Rex A32, Wigan St Jude's A24, Berry Broncos 22, Lee Minor Rangers A32 and Widnes nil. Holton Farnworth Hornets 28. In the North West Men's League Shield quarterfinals, Runcorn 31, Clockface Miners A16, Manchester Rangers A10, Rochdale Cobras 24, Oral St James A34, Caddy's Head Rhinos A6 and Eccleston Lions 24, Ashton Bears A0. In the North West Men's League Division 1, there was a good win for uh, Folly Lane. They beat Goldbourne Parkside by 26 points to 20. Good win that for Folly Lane. Goldbourne Parkside doing well this season, third in the table. So a good win for Folly Lane. Let's push them up towards mid-table now. So uh, well done to uh, to Folly Lane. And there was one result in the entry division. Good win for Littleborough. They won away at Leyland Warriors A by 40 points to 6. So the fixtures for this weekend in the North West Men's League start on Friday night, the 8th of July, as the Manchester Rangers entertain Lee Minor Rangers A. And the rest of the games will be on Saturday, the 9th of July. And we start with Division 1, where Folly Lane take on Goldbourne Parkside. In Division 2, Halton Farnworth Hornets play Rochdale Mayfield A. Lee East A play Berry Broncos. Pilkington Rex A play Oldham St Anne's A. And Division 4, Bolton Mets play Manchester Rangers A. Berry Broncos A play Rochdale Cobras. Colchef Eagles play Caddy's Head Rhinos. Eccleston Lions play Little Hulton Reds. And West Horton Lions play the Garswood Stags. And in Division 5, Langworthy Reds play Salford City Roosters A. And Oral St James A play the Caddy's Head Rhinos A. And finally this week we've got quite a bit of action to bring you from the North West Youth Leagues. We start off with the under-18s. Uh, Division 2, Waterhead 0, Crossfields 18, Leyland 44, Saddleworth Rangers 30. In the under-16s in the Premier Division, Rochdale 34, Shevington 28. Division 2, big win for Salford, Liverpool 6, Salford 54. And in the under-15s, it was the Lancashire Cup this past weekend, round 1. And it was Wigan St. Jude's 26, Oldham St. Anne's 4, Waterhead 18, Blackpool Scorpions 4, Folly Lane 0, Holton Hornets 56. And in the under 15s, Division 2, Black Brook Blues 10, Caddy's Head Rhinos 24. Another good win away from home for the Caddy's Head Rhinos after their heroics in the cup a few weeks ago. And Layla Warriors 10, South Trafford 43. And the fixtures for this weekend, all these games were played on Sunday, the 10th of July. And we start with the under 18s, Premier 1, Rochdale play Lee East. In Division Premier Division, sorry, of the under-16s, it's Shevington against Rochdale. Also in the under-16s, Division 2, Higginshaw play Telford. Division 3 of the under-16s, Askham against Langwether and Kulchef against Folly Lane. The under-15s, Premier Division, Waterhead versus Blackbrook Royals. Oldham St. Anne's versus Shevington Sharks. And in Division 1 of the under-15s, it's Saddleworth against Haysham and Folly Lane against Burtonwood. Finally, Division 2 of the under-15s, South Trafford play Pilks. Caddy's Head Rhinos play Thato Heath and Rochdale Mayfield play the Black Brook Blues. That's it from the Amateur Report this week. I'll catch you next week. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. So, game for Salford Thursday night away at Warrington Wolves, Paul. Uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. It's a, you know, it's a gaming, it's a big club and if we want to progress we need to look at pushing Warrington all the way. Certainly do and it's... Um... It's one of my favourite away fixtures, Warrington. I've always liked going there, even when they used to play at Wilderspool. It's always a, a good atmosphere, and you know, there's a bit of a sort of a bit of a rivalry between us and Warrington, and a bit of banter between the two supporters. It's always a good atmosphere as well, especially at this new stadium that they play at now. I think it's a really, really good rugby league ground, and um, there's always a decent crowd there. And we always take, tend to take a decent following to Warrington, so 
yeah, I'm, I'm not like overly confident because you know we've not got the best of records there. But um, with the win against Castleford, I'd like to think we can go there and really, really give it a good go on Thursday night. Yeah, top try scorers in the Super League so far. Side Warrington with a hundred. You know they've got pace and power out wide, and you know we're going to have to be a uh, you know cautious uh, and look forward to the game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously we played them at the start of the season. They would be... I think they were still kind of cold, you know, coming in from the you know, start of the season, not really got into the rhythm that much. And we we, did, we know we pushed them to the last seconds. It was obviously that brilliant, you know, drop goal by uh, Chris Sandow that, that kind of won it, that game. that You know, but you can see, um, the, you know, the, they've got so much pace, they've got so much power, got so much guile as well. You know, they, they can open up defences left, right and centre. I just think that at the minute, playing them now seems to be a really, really good side because they seem to struggle against OKR that weekend. Um, and they they had a, you know obviously they had a man extra as well so um, hopefully it's a, it's a good time we can go up there we can obviously you know get get a bit of confidence after what happened last week and go over there and give them a good game yeah they're on the kind of a win two loss two uh, kind of movement movement at the moment uh, Paul you know I suppose coming into this game if Salford can can win um, you know and, and we can get on a bit of a run uh, you know we can uh, can definitely you know improve our season and keep moving us forward. Yeah, certainly can because the week after the Warrington game, we've got Witness, yeah. and that could be like a winner takes all game. That, but you know, look, not looking beyond Warrington. I mean, I noticed that weekend Matt Gidler didn't play for for Warrington, and I watched the Witness Cup game the other week, and I was very impressed with him. They had that, um, they have like a player microphone, don't they, on him? And it was just interesting to watch how how he leads Warrington. I mean, he's been a cracking player, hasn't he? But he's just such a good leader. And, you know, I think somebody like him, he's lacking from our side at the moment, you know, like an old head on there. We could do with somebody like him to, to sort of lead us round. But hopefully he's, he's still injured and he won't play against us uh, this week because he's a big hole out of their team and he's a very good organiser as well. But he's just somebody that their, their side all seem to look up to, Gidley. So uh, I think he'll be a big hole if he's not playing. Who's your danger man, Si? Uh, well, well, I mean, obviously Gidley is, you know, he's the main danger. I think him and, him and Sandow can unlock a defence and you know Sandow's got that kicking game really which I, I think he's probably got the best kicking game uh, on par with uh, with Danny Brough in the Super League um, I do believe though I've just you know I've been looking at the teams that's come out you know today and uh, Gidley's not playing he's not in that 19 so hopefully that does stay as it is and he doesn't play um, but they, like I say they've got explosive power everywhere I mean you've got you know Chris Hill He's probably one of one of the most consistent forwards in the in the Super League as well, and then you've got Stefan Rashford who you know he, he can he can pull something you know like a rabbit out of a out of a hat really as well. So um, they've just got things all you know pace, power, uh, and like I say, guile all over the pitch. So, uh, but I reckon if if anything, if it's a close game and you've got someone who can kick a drop goal like Sandow, can I think he could be really dangerous on uh, on Thursday. Yeah, Salford's uh, 19. Is O'Brien, Kate and Brown, Evels, Josh Griffin, Warren, Louis, Wellaraki, Dobson, Flanagan, Tompkins, Kotjak, Murat Masala, George Griffin, Jones, Kennett, Johnson, Sow, Lannan, and Warren, uh, Paul. You know, we've got a good side there, and we're going to be testing Warrington uh, on Thursday, and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, we certainly are. Yeah, I think I'd probably just go. With a very similar team to what we played against Casper, I wouldn't really, really do too much tinkering about about with the teams. But you know what you're going to get with Warrington. They, they've got explosive people all over the pitch. I mean, I mean, I really like that that Matty Russell, Kevin Penny. They they've got pace to burn all over the place. And Stefan Ratchford, you know, we know what sort of a jack in the box sort of player he is. So uh, yeah, and I also like the guy uh, Ben Curry, the younger forward who, who can sort of play at centre, second row, very pacey him as well, isn't he? So. 
they have got danger men all over the field. But I think if you can get amongst them, you can you can upset Warrington. And you know we should have beat them at home really. And you know especially looking at I saw the highlights of them against Hulkar. I mean they kept some trialists in the first half. Hulkar they were leading six 0 at the break. So you know they did a bit of a, a bit of a number on them on uh, last week and you know quieten them down a bit. I think if we can do that, quieten the crowd down, and you know we can gain confidence as we go through that game. I'm pretty sure we can do all right on on Thursday. Yeah, and our free transfer put on by the the club side. Uh, hoping for a, a big following in uh, Warrington. Of course, yeah. I think it's I think it's a belting you know, incentive for anybody wanting to go down to Warrington and you know go and support the lads down there. And I think they are hoping for you know the following that you know we're taking about you know two years ago at the start of the season. I remember it was um, absolutely massive following that day. Uh, there was so much buzz about the place at the time, and obviously we took a lot down there. Uh, and this is the thing about crowds at the, at the minute. I mean, a lot of people saying, "Oh, you know, it's we've got no fans." Blah blah blah. With that that. Day at Warrington, we took a hell of a lot of fans, and I'll tell you now, even the Warrington fans were saying, you know, just getting to the point of saying, bloody hell, there's a hell of a lot of you, you know what I mean, that's come down. So I do think the fans are out there. I just think it's going to take this, get rid of this, uh, this persona of uh, same old Salford and, you know, get to, you know, putting ourselves in a few headlights and, uh, you know, a few headlines in the papers. And I think it'll all come back. But I do think... Usually we do take a, a decent following down there, but it's, it's a Thursday night, people are going to be working, it's going to be you know, difficult for people to get back from work and then get up there. So I'm just hoping we do take enough and we are as loud as ever. Yeah, give us your score prediction, Paul. Uh, oh, I'd heard one in my head before. What was it now? 26-20 to Salford. What's the weather going to be like? Uh, I think it's going to be dry. I'm not too sure, actually. I've not looked at my phone. It's going to be dry tomorrow. Right. So hopefully, mind you, that's in Manchester where I live, so it could be totally different in Warrington. It could be like a blizzard, couldn't it? But no, I think I think there'll be points. I don't care about the weather. I think there's going to be points. Yeah, all listeners just... Paul's advice this week is just look out the window. Just put a jacket in your boot or whatever if you're going, just in case. <laughs> How about you, Si? Score prediction, web prediction? Um, my head's telling me one thing and my heart's telling me another. What about the web? Um, yeah, about the web. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of... Um, I, I always want the best of what's offered. I always say, I'll, I'll never back against Salford, you know. So I'm, I'll say I'm going to go with 20 points to 18. I'm going to go Salford to win. 36-14. I think the boys are going to be up for this contest. I think we're going to come out all guns blazing like we usually do uh, and uh, beat Warrington in a famous Thursday night win. What score was that you just said then? 36-18. 36-18 Salford? Yeah. If that happens, you just know for the fact that the RFL will actually test us for doping. So, you do know this, don't you? <laughs> so just be just be wary of what score predictions you actually want, mate. <laughs> if we beat Warrington 36-18, Rob, you, you can hear this now, I will carry you around the pitch before the old game <laughs> on my shoulders. <laughs> you might do your backing, Paul, doing that. I reckon. I'll help him then. <laughs> yeah, you might, might need a few, yeah, I reckon. Uh, so thanks for listening to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. It's been a good, good podcast again, hasn't it, Paul? Yeah, really enjoyed it, mate. Really enjoyed it. Got my ticket today as well for Warrington, so I'm really looking forward to that. And I know it's on on Sky on Thursday night, but you know the lads need us at the moment. So if you can get down there, get down and get behind them on Thursday. Yeah, it's been uh, great having you on the show again, Si. Yeah, always a pleasure, mate. You know, uh, I, I always like coming on here. So you know, if you ever can help you out, guys, all you've got to do is just ask me, and I'll, I'll be here, mate. Not a problem. Cool. So you can find us on uh, Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and rlinternetradio.com. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.